MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. It is that time, folks. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, where you can follow along on Twitter and for VSN, the sports betting network. You can follow them on the tweets at VSN Live. So we're with you here out of the Bet River Sportsbook for the next 60 minutes. Let me tell you what we got dialed up throughout that time span. 15 minutes from now, we've got the second part of the round of Sweet 16 action to look forward to. So in 15 minutes, we've got to bring in our guy, the college basketball expert, Greg Hoops Peterson. He sets lines and bets every single college basketball game. So we are more than excited to talk about the slate this evening with Greg. So again, he'll be joining us in 15 minutes. Half hour from now, we'll talk a little bit of puck. Our guy Nick Alberga, fantasy hockey analyst over at Sportsnet, will be dishing out some advice on how to handicap tonight's slate with the puck. I've got a couple plays in hockey, so we'll kind of go back and forth with Nick, and I'll explain my position a little bit more so at the end of the show in 45 minutes with Danny's dime. So a couple plays in hockey, a revisit of the college basketball bet I made at the beginning of the week, and then to kick things off, well, I'll tell you how I'm approaching these other games for the Sweet 16. So let's get started right away just previewing those games. I'll offer my two cents and then we'll get the actual expert Greg Peterson to join us afterward. But let's begin with St. Peter's and Purdue. Now this game going to be tipping off at 6.09 p.m. Central Time and Purdue laying 13 points against St. Peter's. Who would have thunk it? Not only did they get past Kentucky, but then they got past Murray State. 
So Purdue's really got a favorable path, you would think, as at this point. And we kind of thought the same thing with Gonzaga. And, well, we know how that turned out. But in all realistic sense, like, this is shaping up very good for Purdue. We all know this. Purdue was one of the top teams, of course, coming in to this tournament. And what you saw against Texas, that they did so well. And, you know, call it rigged, whatever you want. They got to the free throw line insanely consistently. And the St. Peter's team, look, it's been a magical run. We all love rooting for the guy with the mustache who's getting his NIL deal now with Buffalo Wild Wings. But come on, let's be honest. They're not really going to get past this point. But what's interesting is the cover, right? Who is going to cover this spread of 13 points? Do you trust Purdue? Seems like more people I've talked to are trending toward taking the points with St. Peter's. And the line really hasn't wavered too much. Purdue opened 13, and that's where it remains. Total open about 134 in the hook. At Bet Rivers, you see it just at 134. A little bit of juice on the over. Money line, by the way, has St. Peter's plus 650, and I guess it's National Peacock Day, so people are hammering the money line out for St. Peter's. I don't know if that's a viable strategy, but to each their own. And the Boilermakers minus 1,000 on the money line is what we're seeing listed at Bet Rivers. So how did each team get here? Well, like we said, St. Peter's beat Kentucky in OT 85 to 79 and then beat Murray State by double digits 70 to 60. As for Purdue, they beat Yale 78 to 56 and then Texas 81 to 71. Look again, like I said, I mean, Purdue's a team I've been pretty high on heading into this tournament. I mean, everybody has, right? It, it seemed like it came down to UCLA or Purdue. It's a lot of popular picks to come out of that region, and that's who I narrowed it down to. And in a majority of them, I did tend to lean with Purdue. When he got a guy who's seven foot four, hard to ignore that side of things. But Evie really wasn't that big of a factor in the last game against Texas. They didn't even have him in the game toward the end of the stretch. But Ivy is just absolutely lethal. Ice in his veins, knocking down clutch three after clutch three. He is a legit playmaker and a guy that can take this team very far into the tournament. Aside from that, overall, Purdue is number two in offensive efficiency. And you could argue, well, hey, the Peacocks are 28th in defensive efficiency. You also got to take into account the teams are going up against, right? Now it's the big boys. Now it's a little bit different going up against Purdue. And the issue with the Peacocks is offensively, they're 224th in offensive efficiency. So will they be able to keep up with Purdue? Probably not. But you know me, I'm not in love with laying high spreads, but I would tend to lean more so toward Purdue more often than I would with St. Peter's. If there is a situation, of course, I know I'm beating the dead horse, but to where it's a closer game or St. Peter's somehow gets a lead at some point, I will look to attack the Boilermakers. I know we had that strategy with Gonzaga last night. It did not come to fruition. But again, Arkansas is a little bit different of a team than St. Peter's. So I'll look for that type of angle. Otherwise, I really don't have too many strong thoughts on this matchup. Again, total at 134. I could see why you'd want some action maybe on the under because, again, not so sure how St. Peter's can keep up with the big bodies of Purdue. But I think the luck is going to come to an end here. So I think Purdue does find a way to win and probably air more to the side of them covering this spot. Let's go ahead and preview another game that's got a little bit closer of a spread. Not by much, but some. And that's going to be Kansas and Providence, the second game to get tipped off on this Friday evening, about 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Kansas laying seven right now at Bet Rivers against the Friars, who are catching plus 245. As for the Jayhawks, you're laying minus 305 if you want to take them outright on the money line. Total is ticked up a little bit, 139.5, now up to 141. And the spread had an opener at eight and a half. Again, now down to seven. So the Friars 
getting the points seeming to be the popular play and where the market has moved toward heading up until tip-off. Now Providence beat South Dakota State in their first game, 66-57. to Got a favorable matchup against Richmond, beat them pretty handily, 79-51. Uh, to Kansas defeated Texas Southern to get here, 83-56, to and kind of had a close one with Creighton, but they ended up holding on and winning 79-72. to now, Kansas, of course, was a very popular team to go all the way. They were the team that I picked in a majority of my brackets to win the whole thing, and they're the only remaining one seed as of this point. And that's what's kind of scary a little bit. And I get that no games have these correlations, but you're seeing these big teams not win comfortably or just lose outright like a Gonzaga, like a Baylor, like an Arizona. So for that reason, I, it just seems to always go with that momentum. So maybe Providence does keep it close. And, Look, laying eight in the hook right away with Kansas did seem a little bit too bullish on the Jayhawks, so I could understand the reasoning for wanting for wanting to look to the Friars, and they played pretty well, but I feel like we're kind of having a little bit of recency bias maybe here with Providence, because going into the tournament, the popular thought process on Providence seemed to be, oh, this team's incredibly lucky, right? I mean, you look at Ken Palm, all these numbers, ah, they shouldn't be here, they're going to lose in the first round, blah, blah, blah. And now we've had a different thought. And again, I get it. Things can change. The tournament's a completely different beast. But I think after you've had a few days to acclimate, after you've been able to reset, kind of scheme against your new opponent, Kansas will end up getting the job done. And it maybe seems like this line's getting down a little bit too much to where there could be some late buyback on Kansas or there's just more value now on the Jayhawks considering you're getting a point and a half difference. I do think Kansas wins. I'm not eager to lay the higher spread. This game definitely, I would say, has more of an opportunity to get you that in-game situation to betting the favorite as opposed to Purdue and St. Peter's. Like, if the Boilermakers go out there and dominate from the gun, that's not going to shock anybody. But if Providence can keep it close for a decent stretch or make a late surge in the second half, then I think that seems pretty plausible, considering the market's trending that way. And just because they have played fairly competitively, but I think the playmakers and the depth that you see on Kansas will prove to be the difference maker. They'll probably get a chance to get that better line and then look to attack Kansas. That's going to be the way I'm going to look to bet it. Otherwise, I would be leaning Jayhawks or nothing in this spot. But that's how I'm approaching Kansas and Providence. Uh, let's move on to UNC and UCLA. You know my thoughts on this one. I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole preflop. I do want to lean UCLA, but I understand that North Carolina has the ability to just shoot lights out. They can kill you at the charity stripe, and they do have a lot of playmakers on the floor. Now, I've voiced my frustrations about Davis and his inability to make adjustments against the full-court press. We'll see if they practice that in the few days they had off. But if you're UCLA... I feel like you have a very viable game plan that you've seen how to defeat North Carolina. Yeah, get their top guy ejected. But aside from that, in all seriousness, UCLA should be able, with Cronin as a solid head coach, he should be able to scheme against this North Carolina team. Again, I backed North Carolina against Baylor, but I just don't have that much confidence going into this game against UCLA. And an important note, Danielle Elvari joined the show last night, host of the Los Angeles City cast, alma mater is UCLA, and I said, you know, Danielle, if, if UCLA gets down in this game and they're trailing, how do you feel about the Bruins? How do you approach it from that standpoint? She basically said, well, out of all the teams remaining, I think I have the most confidence in UCLA to play from behind, to dig out of a hole in this game. So maybe if North Carolina does get on a hot streak to begin, they're hitting their shots left and right, and UCLA is kind of struggling to keep up, maybe you could take advantage of probably a very volatile game and getting a better number with the Bruins here. And we know that Hawkins is going to be playing, so that's obviously huge here. 
And what kind of defense can we get out of UCLA? They're laying two right now. They open minus three and a half. So North Carolina did get the immediate love. But again, now it's down to two. UCLA minus a buck 34 on the money line. North Carolina plus 114. Total hasn't wavered too much at 142. Again, look, I'm leaning toward UCLA. I wouldn't disagree with any argument one way versus the other. That's why I'm not betting it right now because I don't have enough conviction. I kind of like the total going over a little bit, if anything. I think North Carolina will get on these spurts to where they're hitting their shots, and UCLA is going to have to play catch-up at some point. So I think that'll provide a lot of points in this game, and UCLA's defense, kind of a bend-don't-break, taking on North Carolina. And there will be those spurts where North Carolina can get on some fast runs, get out in transition. Again, hit those threes along the perimeter. So I think this game, if anything, with the total, has the makings to go over. I haven't really, I don't think I bet one total in college basketball this season. We only have a finite amount of bets to begin with. But this one, I kind of like a decent amount. So I would consider maybe approaching the total going over in this matchup as well. But you know I got one pre-flop bet that we did pull the trigger on on Monday. I'm going to save it to get into it a little bit more so during Dandy's Dimes at the end of the show. But naturally, that revolves around the Miami Hurricanes taking on the Iowa State Cyclones. Just a heads up, though, Miami is now up to a three-point favorite at Bet Rivers. Hurricanes also about minus 160 on the money line. Iowa State plus 135, and that total we're seeing posted at 131 and a half. More information coming your way, revolving around the Sweet 16. How about Greg Hoops Peterson's Vsips, college basketball expert, his top plays for tonight, and maybe a little preview for the Elite Eight. So stick around. Greg joining us next, right here. It is Rush Out. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion and centered around your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and to get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Okay, back at it on this Friday evening. The show is Rush Hour. The network is VEASAN. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us as we are broadcasting live, per usual, out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. But we take it out to Sin City. That's right, Las Vegas, baby, where we are joined by Greg Hoops Peterson, the college basketball guru himself. Like I always mention, in case you didn't know, he handicaps every single college basketball game, sets his lines for every single game. And then we look to make some money off it. Greg's been having another killer season. And, Greg, it's an exciting slate to look forward to tonight. I want to jump right into it because we'll also preview some early Elite Eight action. But tell us what you got rolling with for Purdue and St. Peter's. The Boilermakers up to a 13-point favorite. You think they can cover that? Or do you actually maybe think St. Peter's can keep this thing close? I think it's time that we let the peacock fly. I like the 13 year with St. Peter's. I rolled with it with the DK Nation pick today. And the reason why is because St. Peter's has done an absolutely superb job of being able to guard the three-point arc all season long. A top 20 team with that regard. And they've also got a guy by the name of Casey Undefu, who led all of college basketball in terms of block shots per game last season. Now, Zach Deep going to have the size advantage down low. He and Travion Williams combining for about 15 rebounds per game. This is a mid-major bunch out of the Metro Atlantic in St. Peter's, so they're not going to be able to compete quite with that size. But this is a St. Peter's team that is in the top 15, turns points a lot on a per-possession basis, and Purdue, they've struggled with their defense. They're outside the top 150 with that regard. A team that's outside the top 200 with regards to being able to guard the three-point arc. St. Peter's has really been able to come along with Daryl Banks III, Doug Edert being able to bury some threes. I think that St. Peter's, going to do enough to be able to stay even up on the glass. I think that they're going to do a good job of being able to guard the perimeter. I think that this should be more around a 9 to 10 point spread. So I like the points here with St. Peter's. I think that Purdue is going to get theirs, but they're also going to give up some points as well. So also on an over, semi-total more around 135. 
Look, I like the other guy's reference to begin with. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. The real ones. Yeah. Like that one. but, <laughs> Greg, let's move on to uh, the Jayhawks and the Friars next. Kansas laying seven. We've seen some line movement from the initial opener. It was like eight and a half. And now Providence getting a lot of love on this market. Total at 141. What are we thinking for this game? And it's so ironic, too. This is probably the first time Providence has been bet up since, like, non-conference play because everyone's <laughs> been dogging them for being lucky and everything like that. And I think that the move is a little bit too much. At eight, eight and a half, I would have been in on Providence. But here at seven, I like Kansas. I wound up setting my line at seven and a half. I think that Remy Martin is the biggest X factor remaining in the NCAA tournament. Guy that last season when I was at Arizona State averaged 19 points, three and a half assists, a little bit over a seal per contest. And you just take a look at his last four contests, dating back to the Big 12 tournament. 10, 12, 15, and 20 points. He is getting progressively better. I think that David McCormick, coupled with what you're able to get out of jail, Wilson down low is going to be enough in this game as well. These two guys combined to be able to give you 14 and a half rebounds per game. Wilson wound up having a double-double in that last game against Creighton. I know that a lot of people were concerned with Kansas after they wound up having a little bit of a close call against Creighton. I just gave more credit than anything to Doug McDermott for that. And with Providence, it's a team that they do a solid job of being able to guard the three-point arc. But in terms of offensive efficiency, they aren't great. Defensive efficiency, they aren't great. The one thing that they do have is tremendous coaching. But I don't think that this game is going to be close enough for that to take hold. I like Kansas being able to cover the summer. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on the Jayhawks here. I think the numbers moved a little bit too drastically and could be a good look to get some buyback on Kansas. Uh, Greg, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. This game I keep saying I think I'm staying away. Not even going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. Look to end game. But uh, how are we feeling about UCLA and North Carolina? Now, the Bruins a two-point favorite. 142 is the total. I know we've been waiting on Hawkes and his availability and whatnot. What kind of impact does he bring to the table, and how did that affect how you wagered this matchup? I think Hawkes is worth about one to one and a half points, but everything I'm hearing, and I don't have like any sort of inside information. I'm not like connected to UCLA or any way, shape, or form, but got to think that Hawkes is going to be able to play in this game just because you take a look at his past injury history, where he was able to walk off the court, all indications that you're hearing from the press. I think that he is going to be able to go in this game. If he doesn't wind up going, I'd be shifting this more to UCLA being on my line, a three and a half to four point favorite because I made them a full five point favorite because with North Carolina, though they've been able to do a solid job this NCAA tournament, this has been a team that's been erratic all season long. I mean, you even take a look at the way that they wound up getting dump trucked in the ACC tournament. This is a UNC team that five weeks ago wound up losing to Pittsburgh as a two touchdown favorite. Let's not forget that. And they're still a team that they rank right around 150th with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. UCLA in the top 25 with that regard. UCLA has been able to get a lot more out of Tiger Campbell at the point guard spot in terms of shooting. UCLA, a top 10 team at being able to take care of the ball. North Carolina in a road and neutral court environment. Bottom five team in the country at being able to generate turnovers. UCLA is going to get more clean looks on offense, and that is going to allow them to be able to win and cover this game. I like UCLA. And once again, reference it with the bad North Carolina defense. I think that they're giving up 75 here. I like the over. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, too. I lean a little bit toward the Bruins. And total-wise, haven't bet much totals, but I think I like this one going over the best out of all the other games. So I'm glad we're in agreement there, Hoops. Tell us about the final game tonight. This is the first one I pulled the trigger on this week, Miami and Iowa State. Seems like a very popular play, so I'm a little bit uh, feeling, I don't know about it now, but I do think Miami is the right side here, Greg. It's up to three in terms of the spread. This total a little bit lower, 131.5. Are you kind of on my side? Do you think the Cyclones uh, streak kind of ends here tonight against this Hurricane squad? I don't think that Iowa State is going to be advancing, but I do think that the number has moved a little bit too much. Keep in mind, Miami opened up a one-point underdog, so this is a full four-point move on the side. So if you haven't jumped in on Miami to this point, I think that you've lost the value that you would have been able to get otherwise. Because like I said, on the open, and I want to make in this line Miami being a two-point favorite on the open. You had solid value with Miami. If I'm looking to jump in right now, now it would be a little bit more of a play on Iowa State, especially getting a full three. You don't need them to win the game outright. You need this thing to be close, and I do think that it will be. I wound up setting my total out of 130. I think that with a pair of teams that rank outside the top 200 with regards to possessions per game, an Iowa State team that we have seen at just all tournament long, they have been making these games very, very grody. They have not been too fun to watch, to say the least. In Miami, they've been able to do a better job on defense, especially with being able to generate turnovers. That This is going to be sort of a sloppy game. But Miami, they've got a lot of parallels the way that Wisconsin winds up playing. They're very good at being able to take care of the ball. They're a team that they aren't necessarily so great on glass, I would say. They certainly don't have a ton of size themselves. So it's a spot in which, if I'm looking right now, I'd be taking a look at the three, and I still like this little under, even though we've seen a little bit of a dip. All right, Greg, let's look at the Elite Eight. This game already immediately catching my attention. Houston and Villanova, the Wildcats catching two. Also plus 112 on the money line where you see the Cougars minus 134 on the money line. In total at 128, I kind of thought this would be a pick em or Villanova being a slight favorite, but what did you make this line? I made Villanova three-point favorite, so I'm in the same boat as you are. I just think that something that you can't gauge on a spreadsheet, something that you can't take a look at when it comes to all the advanced analytics, is the fact that you've got a fifth-year senior in Colin Gillespie that got robbed of two straight NCAA tournaments. You've got a Houston team that has been able to do a tremendous job on the glass. As a matter of fact, they pull in the most offensive rebounds on a permits basis of any team in college basketball. But you saw Villanova do a solid job against seven foot one Hunter Dickinson yesterday. It's a Villanova team that also they've got the edge at the free throw line. If this game is close, that is going to be paramount because Houston is a team that, with regards to fouls per defensive play, they're in the bottom 100 in the country. They'll put you on the free throw line. Villanova shoots 82.5% the free throw line. Every one of their players shoots at least 74% of the charity stripe. Houston, bottom 50 in the country in terms of free throw shooting. I like Villanova in this spot outright. Greg, we got about 30 seconds. Arkansas and Duke, Coach K squad lane four against the Razorbacks. Total 147 in a hook. What numbers did you have? I've got Arkansas as a favorite of two and a half points. I'm looking at the Arkansas wow. money line. I feel like Duke has been overvalued to this point. Arkansas is 22nd in the country in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. Jalen Williams, I think, actually matches up very well with the bigs of Duke. Duke had to rally from down in their last two games. As a matter of fact, they did not miss a shot in the last eight minutes against Texas Tech. Lightning is not striking three times. I like Arkansas to go to the final four and win outright. Bang. Greg Hoops Peterson, baby. He's going all over the place. Already has his line set for, of course, tonight, but tomorrow. And, Greg, I know you will be sweating out all those action or all the action tonight. So thank you for taking some time before you get to your couch, get comfortable, and, uh, 
course, we will be patiently waiting for your Sunday numbers. But thank you for all your hard work, my man. Danny, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. You got it. At GUnit underscore 81, where you can follow Greg on Twitter, host of the Greg Peterson Experience, and Coast to Coast Hoops, which you can get available at decent.com slash subscribe. We're going to switch gears a little bit, talk some buck. Nick Alberga, frequent flyer here on Rush Hour, will be joining us. We're going to take a look at the hockey slate this evening with plenty of plays to go through. Stay with us. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, or perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it on home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. We're time, or we're spending some time rather, to talk a little bit of puck because we do have a pretty decent slate to look forward to tonight. And we are looking forward to talk with Nick Alberga, but I want to spend a couple minutes talking about one of the games that stood out to me. And actually, I guess we're good with Nick. So, Nick, I, I want to start out with this game then, rather, because I got to make sure I'm on the same side as you because I got a couple bets in this one game, my man. But I'm hoping at least you like one of them. Tell me about the Rangers and Penguins tonight. I know it's going to be a contentious game. And look, there's a lot on the line in terms of the seeding. Penguins minus 117. The Rangers plus 102. Total you're seeing at five and a half. But Nick, I mean, really quick, I'll just say I took the under six. And I kind of like the Penguins a little bit, my man. What are you thinking? Buddy, uh, great to be with you. I don't know what's going on with your Chicago Bulls these days. Sorry to hear that, but my Raptors are a better team. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> I, I th this one's hard to handicap for me. Like I, you know, I think important to stress it's it's getting close to playoff time here in the in the NHL. Uh, they're vying for uh, positioning in the Metropolitan Division. I believe going into this game tonight, Danny, there's three points of separation between Pittsburgh and the Rangers. The Pittsburgh Penguins on top. So I actually think I, I think I'm leaning more towards the Rangers. To be honest, I stayed away from this game. I think it's a it's a tough one to handicap, but I I'm probably leaning Rangers more so because it's on home ice and they have the better goalie. If that makes sense. Now that's true, definitely true, and they might need it a little bit more so in terms of the points. So I completely understand that reasoning, and just based on the price, considering it could be valued as almost a coin flip. I mean, taking the plus money, I I get that side of the coin. So uh, yeah. Gotta hope you're wrong. I'm sorry, Nick, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> but I know it's not your favorite game tonight. I know you got plenty of other action, my man. So let's talk about the Blue Jackets and Jets. Uh, Winnipeg here, minus 177, Nick, and we see Columbus plus 150. High total of six and the hook. How are we feeling for this game? Yeah, it's like producer Steph knew all about my revenge narrative, right? Uh, Patrick Liney <laughs> returning in this one to Winnipeg. I'm all over the goal prop. Let's get hunting with that one. Pierre-Luc Dubois on the other side playing the Jackets once again. But certainly um, that's one thing I'm playing tonight is at least a point for Patrick Liney making his return to Winnipeg. It was a hostile finish there. The trade went down during COVID. So he'll get his opportunity to get his old team back. So I'm looking at that. But ultimately, I know it's a back-to-back 
um, Danny, for the Winnipeg Jets in this game. I know Eric Comrie, their backup, is going to play. I thought they were dismal last night in a must-win game against the Ottawa Senators. So I'm forecasting a bounce back tonight uh, for Winnipeg. And if you're looking for a bit of extra juice, I'm looking at maybe Winnipeg in regulation in this one. Oh, okay. So it could be a good opportunity for the Jets against the lowly Blue Jackets squad. Talking about another game that you could see a big discrepancy here, Nick, is this Flames and Coyotes matchup. And really quick, by the way, you and I have been talking about this Flames team for quite some time when we discussed the futures. They were like 15 to 1. Now they're plus mm -hmm. 750 at Bat Rivers. Now it could be because of the help of a weaker division, but they have been a hot squad and they can continue it tonight against the Coyotes as we see Calgary minus 385. Plus 310 on the buyback for the Coyotes. This total is at six. What angle did you approach for this matchup? So firstly, I got a bone to pick with the Calgary Flames because the other night, and I won't get into the whole story, I had, I had to lay a couple dollars down on Calgary to beat San Jose. I'm like, let's look at the easiest play on the night. And this just shows you how difficult that it truly is to handicap the NHL game. San Jose's in town post-deadline. They dealt like half their roster. And then what they do, they come back from 3-1 down. So I'm very disappointed with Calgary. I suppose I'll go back to the well, my man. I am feeling this team. You are right. They're really, really strong. You're going to have your blips throughout the season. So, in fact, I'm looking at the Calgary puck line in this game. Number one, they're a better team. Number two, I think they have to be angry with the way that game went the other night. So I like Calgary quite handily in this one tonight. Yeah, I got to expect a response out of that flame squad. Minus 159 on the puck line. But like you said, I mean, Arizona is not a good team whatsoever. So we're no. open and expecting a big response out of the flames. Uh, Nick, also tell us about this Flyers and Avalanche game. Again, another spot where you see a big favorite because it's coming down to the end of the season. These guys are shipping away pieces and really not that much to play for. But Colorado, a $4 favorite, Nick. And the Flyers plus 320. Again, higher total at six in the hook. You think Colorado covers this buck line? I do. Like I, you know, to be honest, tonight's five-game slate is a, is a rather chalky slate. Uh, so I think I'm leaning more puck line heavy uh, tonight, and certainly stands with this game. Number two, Philadelphia's on the back-to-back. -back. Their better goaltender is going to play. They put up a really, really good effort yesterday in beating the St. Louis Blues five-two. So. I think there's a bit of regression in store for tonight. Colorado's the better team. Um, you're not going to get any juice, any value in taking them on the money line. So I think you almost have to take Colorado on the puck line in this game. I think maybe you look at some shot props for Nathan McKinnon. Always good for like five or six shots a game. I'd look at a point prop for Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr. I do think it's going to be points night. And certainly I would favor the over in this game, even if it's at six and a half. Because more times than not, Colorado and Philadelphia is going to play the open brand as well. So I expect a lot of offense in this game, not to mention Pavel Francouz, the backup, will play for the Avalanche tonight. But I certainly like Colorado in a landslide. All right, Nick, before I shift the topic to the futures department, I got to ask, are you not betting any game to go into overtime tonight? I was thinking about it. Uh, I was thinking about it. The The game escapes me, but I was looking at it. I'm like, ah, I can't jump in there. Uh, I forget what game it was. Maybe it was the Rangers game. One of the, one of the five, obviously, uh, I was looking at. Don't have the slate in front of me, but I was thinking about it. I think, I think we're going to stay away tonight, but I did have some success earlier on, didn't I? You did. You hey, you crushed it over the $3 play the first time you mentioned it. And it's funny, I assume that's the game you're looking at because, oddly enough, I'm like, all right, we got Nick on the show. I'm looking at this Penguins-Rangers game. It's pretty close to, you know, a pick. And I was like, I wonder what the, the odds are to go into overtime. And it was plus 335. I was like, I wonder if Nick will have some interest in that. <laughs> so that very well could have been the game. But some tremendous value there with two top-tier goalies and pretty even teams. So, hey, you want to take a, a little bit of a 
flyer on that may not be too shabby of an option. But, Nick, I did want to also get into the futures conversation really quick. As I mentioned, the Flames have soared up now to plus 750. I told you I took a little piece of the Hurricanes. They're at plus 850. Haven't moved too much. Have your thoughts altered at all? I know the Blues were a team you've been hunting down since the beginning of the season. But what are some teams maybe that have come new onto your list of seeking out for futures? So good question. We're post-deadline now, as you know, it was a chaotic last week in the NHL world. I think certainly you still have your favorites in the form, form excuse me, Florida Panthers, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think in general, the Atlantic Division is a juggernaut. I would certainly throw Toronto in that conversation if they can start getting the goaltending. Don't sleep on the Boston Bruins either. I love the Hampus Lindholm pickup. I love him as a fit with Charlie McAvoy on the back end and Jeremy Swayman. As you know, I've been documenting on social media is 11-1-1 since Tuka Rask retired. So don't sleep on that team. Certainly in the Western Conference, uh, I like I still like St. Louis. Like Danny, I still wonder about their goaltending. Uh, Jordan Bennington can't make a save, and he's like what in year one of a six-year contract. That's smelly already, and it's just year one. They got Billy Huso, but the team to answer your question, I know it's long-winded. I usually am rambling. The Minnesota Wild um, from your beloved Chicago Blackhawks. Come on down, Mark Andre Fleury. Maybe the most disrespected player in NHL history, given his resume, my man. Uh, three Stanley Cups, won the Vesna Trophy last season. I think he really, really solidifies the goaltending question and situation with, uh, with Minnesota. Expected to make his debut tomorrow against the aforementioned Columbus Blue Jackets. So I like Minnesota. Maybe, maybe take a peek at their futures. You and I have talked about Minnesota, and yeah, they're at 20-1. to 1. They needed to address the goalie situation, and they get one of the best in NHL history in Marc-Andre Fleury. And also, I like your Bruins angle, too, at 20-1. to 1. Uh, Really quick, Nick, considering he's going to make his debut tomorrow, I'm sure they'll be a sizable favorite, but is that an angle based on that narrative of Marc-Andre Fleury going in that you're going to look for some way maybe to back them? You just know me way too well. Like I, I've started eyeing the shutout in the debut. Like it's a perfect oh, revenge man. angle, right? Like he is the most disrespected guy. You know me. I was very outspoken on social media how nobody, just the Minnesota Wild, were involved in the Mark Andre Fleury conversation. Now, I understand they had to talk to him. They had the, you know, the correlation as well with his former teammate Bill Guerin, their GM. So they they talked him into going into Minnesota. But it was another slap on the face. Uh, not to mention everything that's happening right now in Vegas. Like he would be a perfect fit there. So. I think if there's an angle to look at, I, I think without question, Minnesota wins that game, especially on the back-to-back -back for Columbus. But maybe you take a peek at the shutout. I know it's a long term, but you just you never know with Marc-Andre Fleury, and I think he wants to prove his value right now. Love it. Nick, you're the best in the biz. Keep up the great work, and thank you, as always, for making some time, my man. My pleasure. Take care. Have a great weekend. You bet. At the Golden Muzzy, where you can follow Nick Alberga on the tweets. He'll keep you updated with all that hockey insight analysts information and, and really too i mean he does a lot of the fantasy stuff with sportsnet so again he'll give you all that info you need some of those props great follow in terms of hockey but at the golden muzzy where you can follow him on twitter coming up next more plays i'll tell you a little bit more in depth why i like the penguins and how i'm handicapping that total plus a recap of how i am betting that hurricanes and cyclones game and an update on most improved player the odds have finally moved we'll tell you more about that next on the back end of this commercial break here on Rush Hour. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. Tourney Madness is in full swing at Bet Rivers, and you can receive a 50% profit boost if you complete three missions within the next two rounds. If you can bet an underdog to win in the round of 16, win an in-game bet in the quarterfinals, and place a parlay of at least three legs, you'll score this huge boost. Terms and conditions do apply. See the app for official rules and get your bet in at Bat Rivers before the next round ends. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, welcome back to it. Final segment here. It is time for Danny's Dimes on Rush Hour, where I go over my best bets for the evening. We've got one in college basketball. 
a recap of one of our futures playing the NBA and a couple of bets in hockey. But first, let me update you on an NBA futures bet we talked about a couple weeks ago, revisited a couple days ago, but there has been a huge alteration in the odds. And you know where I'm going. That is most improved player. I have been clamoring. For the respect of Darius Garland, when we discussed it originally, he was 16 to 1 at Bet Rivers, folks. Well, the realization that John Morant shouldn't have been in the MIP conversation in the first place maybe kind of played a factor. But more importantly, the reason why it shifted so much is because John Morant, the news came about last night that he's going to be missing, it seems like, the remainder of at least the regular season. Now, you know what I've been ranting about. John Morant shouldn't even be in the conversation in the first place. He was the second pick in the draft. The expectations were already there, and Darius Garland has arguably done more with less in the sense of on-and-off stats, efficiency differential, and what he's done with his team in a tougher conference and done more of a 180 based on how they did last year in comparison to John Morant. That's neither here nor there. The point I'm trying to make is that there has been the big shift now when we were talking, what, two nights ago, John Morant was like over minus 3,300 to win the award. Again, odds aren't necessarily reflective of how they're going to vote. Now he's minus 560, and Darius Garland has moved down to 6-1 to one odds. Huge movement in telling you that no bet is ever too safe, and we're not celebrating because of an injury or anything. You never want to do that. But even aside from the injury, I still thought, of course, that Darius Garland had a legit shot to win this award. The injury, as bad as it is for John Morant, I mean, let's be honest, it is going to help Garland's case a little bit more so, but I do think even aside from that, he was still a legit contender and had a very, very real chance of winning the award, and now it comes even a little bit more valid as he is down to 6-1 to one at Bet Rivers. But like we've been saying, these odds are not reflective of how they are going to vote. The NBA futures market is a beautiful thing to get into. And Darius Garland from our price is 16-1. to one. I may or may not have gotten in several times after that. And after the news of Morant, some books had him up at 14-1 to one as well. Well, let's just say I'm pretty heavily invested in Darius Garland, and I hope you are too. So just wanted to get an update on that futures front. But now let's get into my best bets that I do have for tonight that we can get results on almost immediately. And I do want to go back to the puck where we were just discussing with our guy Nick Alberga the first game I asked him about the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road against the New York Rangers. Now this game actually opened up with the Rangers as a slight favorite, minus 114 at Bet Rivers. Pittsburgh was minus 108. The total we saw at 6. The movement has gone toward Pittsburgh. Now at Bet Rivers, you see the Penguins minus 117, and the Rangers are plus 102. Total has taken a dive to the under. And again, I said it a little bit earlier, but I did take a piece of that under six. Now you can adjust the total. You got that little button at BetRivers.com, and you can lay a little bit to get under six. But I do think that this is a game where you're going to see a short total. I mean, the first time they met up, Jari versus Shesterkin, they went up against each other. Two of the top goalies in the league, and the game ended 1-0. Pittsburgh got the dub. And I'm not just taking the under because of that, but you know how great these goalies have been this season. It could almost be like a playoff type of atmosphere as the Penguins are only a few points ahead of the Rangers. So it's going to be a very tightly played game, probably a lot of nerves there, just, again, having that postseason type of feel. But let's look at the numbers for these goalies. So Jari overall this season is 32-12-6. 2.26 goals against average and a save percentage of over 92%. Now, he's also got four shutouts this season, and three of them have been on road ice where he sports a record of 17-5-2, two, 
2.01 goals against average and 93% with his saves. Oddly enough, he's done better on the road than he has on home ice. In that first game against the Rangers where he shut them out, they won 1-0, got shot on 27 times, and of course, saved 27 out of 27 shots. He's been a hot goalie as of late. He has won his last five consecutive starts. And the last six road starts for Jari, with you set the total at six, he's gone under three times and he's pushed three times, but they have yet to go over in his last six consecutive road starts. So not only do I like that for the total going under, but I kind of like that for Pittsburgh overall. More on that in a second. Now, Igor Shesterkin, we know he's been the best goalie in the NHL this season. He is 39-3, 2.14 goals against average, about 94% with his saves, and three shutouts. Now, at home, he's been incredible, 16-3-2, 1.92 goals against average, just astonishing, and over 94% with his saves and two shutouts. So I get it. That's why Nick Alberga likes the value here at the Rangers. I know Stormy Bonantonia, my guys in the desert, said she liked the Rangers. So I get it. I completely understand if you want to trust him in the spot. But overall, Pittsburgh is the better team. In that game against Pittsburgh, he saved 25 out of 26 shots. And speaking of the total, in the last six home starts, He's 1-5 to the under, or 5-1 to the under, rather. So five out of the last six home starts, he has stayed under the total of six. So again, I think it's going to be a tightly played game. Fantastic goaltending, great defense. I took the total under six. But also, as I alluded to, I took the Penguins on the money line, minus 117. So look, I mean, the Penguins, there are a few points ahead of the Rangers in the Metrop uh, Metropolitan Division, excuse me. So it's a big game for both people, for both teams. And yeah, the Rangers might need it a little bit more, but there's plenty of incentive for Peng uh, the Penguins to go out there and, and really compete throughout the whole course of this game. They're coming off a loss also at Buffalo against a lowly Sabres team and a shootout. Now DeSmith was in the game, the backup goalie for Pittsburgh, so that's kind of why they lost. So they'll be itching to get back into the W column. Pittsburgh is 8-2-2 over the course of their last 12 games and 7-2-0 the last nine meetings versus the Rangers. Furthermore, the Rangers have kind of been inconsistent their last eight games. They're 4-4-0, and they're coming off a 7-4 loss against the Devils. On the road, Shesterkin was actually in the net. Now, very uncharacteristic for him to have that type of performance, especially against the Devils. And I'm not saying that's the reason I'm fading him here. I'm sure he'll have a great performance. I'm betting the, uh, the total going under here, so I'm banking on it. I just think Pittsburgh has a better team. I get the Rangers have played better at home, but the market, the original movement went toward Pittsburgh with the assumption it was going to be these two goalies starting, and I'm going to go with that market movement here. And really, again, I just think the Penguins are the better team. They have two great goalies. So, yes, Shesterkin has been a little bit better, but Jari's not that far behind. So I'm going with the Pittsburgh Penguins on the money line, minus 117 at Bet Rivers, and I bet this total going under six. So those are the two new added plays to the Danny's Dime slate. This other play we talked about as early as Monday here on Rush Hour, my first college basketball bet post rounds one and two, and that's the Miami Hurricanes against the Iowa State Cyclones. So somehow I had this actually in my bracket. I had the Hurricanes advancing, and I'm still rolling with this squad here in this game. And apparently so is everybody else, folks. I mean, Iowa State opened up as a one-point favorite. Now it's as high as three and a half in favor of Miami. We took the money line at minus 140, and there was already initial movement at the beginning of the week. Now it's up to minus 167 at Bet Rivers. Iowa State catching plus 143. Total at 131 in the hook. A little bit of juice to the over. We talked with Greg Peterson. 
Again, when this line opened minus one, he had Miami as about a two-point favorite. But now that the line has shifted so much, he said, if anything, I'd probably look toward the Cyclones because he thinks this one is coming down to the wire. Can't say I disagree with him, but I am solidified in my position with the Hurricanes. They beat USC very narrowly, 68-66, to 66, but an incredibly impressive performance against an Auburn team I wasn't sold on, and clearly because they beat them 79-61. to 61. Now, Iowa State on the other side beat LSU, who were in the midst of a coaching change, 59-54. to 54. And then a Wisconsin team I just saw was a really weak Badgers team, as did a lot of other people, but they beat Wisconsin 54-49 to 49 in Milwaukee. So there's a lot to say to this Iowa State team. Got to give credit where credit's due. They got a solid big, but I just don't think they're going to be able to hang with the athleticism, the speed, the transition offense that Miami poses, and also just how they're able to shoot really all over the floor and along the perimeter. So I don't think Iowa State's going to be able to keep up with the explosiveness of this Miami offense. So I'm going with the Hurricanes on the money line. Now that it's the ship has obviously sailed, maybe wait for a better in-game number if it's going to be as volatile as Greg Peterson thinks it's going to be because we always like to hear and consider what Greg has to say about all these games. So I am going with Miami on the money line. Really quick, I'll probably end up playing Villanova catching the points. Some spots, even as high as two in the hook, so we'll see where that number moves. But definitely like Villanova against Houston. But our plays tonight, the Penguins money line, Penguins Rangers under six. We got Miami, the Hurricanes on the money line. So hopefully we get some winners. Best of luck if you tail. Enjoy the games tonight and this weekend. We'll be back here on Rush Hour on Monday. Take care. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.